Okay, let's go to the book of Ephesians. And as normal, we're not covering a lot of ground. The outlines we give that Elise is typing up keep us in perspective of where we are in the book of Ephesians. And the first three chapters of Ephesians there is about doctrine. It's uh, the Christian and his belief. The second half of Ephesians, almost most of it, 4 to chapter 6, verse 9, is about the Christian and his behaviour, the doctrine and then the doing, the believing and the behaving. And it's, that's the big, broad outline. Then you get into some points under that. And it helps you, well, helps me, <laughs> keep it in my mind where we're at. In the mystical relationship, verses 1 to 16 of chapter 4. In the, in the Christian's moral relationship, chapter 4, verse 17 to chapter 5, verse 21. And that's what we've been looking at. And we've looked at a com complete deliverance we have in 17 to 24 of chapter 4. We've seen a converted disposition. We change. A conquered devil, verse 27. We don't give any place for him. And now we're looking at a conspicuous difference in verses 28 and 29. Last week we looked at our, the difference that will be in our lives because we've got truth, we're Christians, in our conduct. Last week we looked at our conduct in verse 28. Tonight we're looking at in our conversation. In our conversation now, that word is often used in relation to our manner of life the way we live, but in this verse it is talking about what comes out of our mouth, our conversation, our lips, our mouth, speaking, words, and that's what we're looking at tonight, and that is a big thing. We looked actually in verse 25, a bit earlier, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbour. We touched on it then, speak every man truth with his neighbour. But tonight we go into the into a little more. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the... Word of God that is set down in order. These words were given by the direction of the Holy Spirit to godly and gifted men that they might pen them down. We might have them for ourselves today and that are as appropriate and applicable as they were then, they are now. And Lord, I pray that because we're Christians, we would not say, well, that's all I need. We need to grow. We need to become more like our Saviour. We need to be changed into his image. And may that be part of this behaving in, in this book of Ephesians. A wonderful book for us to study. Bless the word to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Very appropriate words. So Paul went back to the foundational head. He said, if the heart's right, character will be right. And then conduct will be right. And our conversation and communication will be right. So if the heart's right, character, conduct, conversation and communication will be correct as Christians, if the heart's right. But if the heart is out of tune, if the heart's wrong, if the heart's not 
one with the Lord, one with the Holy Spirit, and the next verse gives a hint to that, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Then the, these, are, these areas won't be right. Character, conduct, conversation and communication the, uh, won't be right if we're walking, not walking like we should with the Lord. <clears throat> now in verse 29 it says corrupt, that word there, let no corrupt. What do you think of as corrupt? Have you got any illustrations of something corrupt? Okay. So bad, okay, good to bad. They like going on holidays for four weeks and not getting rid of the stuff out of the fridge you should have before you went. When you open it, when you come back, it is corrupt. I think of the um, Ryan's extra fridge they did have. <laughs> it came with the property. <laughs> Over the balcony? Oh, <laughs> it probably would have burst open and really smelt if you had a. Yeah, but um, how long? That had been closed up for how long? Yes, quite a few months. And uh, the owner, the, the the people occupier, had left it there. Power went out. Fire. Power went out. And you opened it when when I was there, <laughs> and it was corrupt. You know. <laughs> yeah, it probably almost would have caught a light if you put a match in there. <laughs> but, folks, our communication can be like that. Foul, bad. Maybe you've been on a construction site. Maybe you've been somewhere in business. And that's what they're like. Nothing but bad, evil, wicked that comes out of their mouth. If you work for yourself... You can say, praise the Lord, I didn't have to face that. <laughs> but if you haven't, and I remember that I, I wouldn't go in and eat with them. They just filthy communicate, absolutely filthy communication all the time. Nothing worse. One would start and they'd just keep adding to it. So I sat outside and then I copped it for doing that because <laughs> I wasn't sitting in with them. But they're, they're just the communication, just the thoughts that they were presenting. And can stick in your mind those sort of things. Things that things that the things that the bus driver said on the way to school with all the boys in the bus stick in your mind for your life. It's wicked. And it was it was corrupting the minds of people. Things that teachers did, women and men. In the, the filthy communication that comes out sticks. And uh Pray to God that, that, you know, through time, as you're not faced with it and fronted with it, that, you, that the mind can be clean. Corrupt, it means bad, rotten and putrid. Recall Peter's reaction when he was accused of being the Lord's disciple. Let's look at that. I think it's appropriate to tie this in with where we're looking at in Ephesians. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 73. Verse 71, we start when, and when he was gone out into the porch, Peter that is, another maid saw him and said unto him, that were, said unto them that were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And he again, again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. 
And after a while came into came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech it betrayeth thee. Then began he to what? Curse and swear, saying, I know not the man, and straightway immediately the cock crew. Should have this sort of communication come out of Peter's mouth? I mean, what did he become? He became the primary apostle to the Jews. And this was coming out of his mouth. Um, <clears throat> his accusers had been sceptical of his denials. There were three denials. But they held their peace when they heard this sort of language coming from his mouth. They thought, no, Christ wouldn't have done that, nor would have his followers, so he must be fair income, true blue, unbelieving. <laughs> he mustn't be one of the disciples, because that sort of thing we did not hear from the Son of God, the Christ that we crucified. Corrupt language is unbecoming to any person, but it's unthinkable for a Christian. What rather should proceed from the mouth of the believer? Back in Corinthians, I mean Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. What should come out of our mouth? Edifying words. Not half-baked words either. If I said, gosh... I shouldn't have said it. Golly. What are they all abbreviations for? We need to know the language. Those two words are abbreviations for God. Now, we don't use his name in vain, but we do that. And that, when we, when we know that, we shouldn't do it. And so there's some words that are grey area words that we should refrain from doing too. Because unsaved people know what you're saying when you say it. And Christians do too, they're a bit aware. Um, <clears throat> it's good. When I've talked to people about, well, you really shouldn't use that word because it means, oh, I never knew and I never heard it from them since. And that was good. <laughs> that is not that I had any influence, but the word of God, it's, it's, it's the truth. So in, in edifying word should come from our mouth. Back in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verses 3 to 5. 1 Corinthians 14. Yeah, no, it's in relation to tongues, speaking and that. But uh, here he's talking about language, he's talking about talking, he's talking about the tongue here. In verse 3 we read, But he that prophesieth speaketh unto, unto men to edification and exhortation. That's what we're doing tonight even. Edifying and exhorting and comforting. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, and if you're speaking in Jim and if you're speaking in a language that nobody can understand, you're only edifying yourself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Prophesieth. Now, doesn't necessarily mean prophesying about the future, but using the word of God to teach people and help them understand the truth. I would that you all spoke with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, or, or taught and edified and encouraged and enlightened and exhorted. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, 
That should be read every weekend at the start in a charismatic church. <laughs> and the other verse, tongues shall cease too. But anyway, this, this here, greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues. I was encouraged the other day when I heard that um, one of, uh, one of uh, a relative of mine had um, gone in and cleaned the house out after parents had died and got all the books from, and, and burnt them, all the charismatic ones. And I thought, now I know where he stands. <laughs> and that, that was encouraging. And, um, <coughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd heard that that had happened and, and now I know that that's true. But that <coughs> what is the sense in reading things that can corrupt the mind instead of edifying. What is the use? You know, written words are just... Somebody's, as it were, spoke, spoken them but put them down on paper. So we need to be careful of books we get. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to have a big clean-out. But books, books, books everywhere. <laughs> and I go through some books, and any book that I know has got false doctrine is basically wrong. I write it all over it so that if anybody comes in, oh, look, Pastor Jake has got a book on uh, the great controversy, Ellen G. White. <laughs> you know, he, he must be leaning that way. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's just, a, and if you look in the cover or somewhere, it'll be written heresy or false doctrine or something like that. And we need to watch what we say as far as Scripture is concerned too, that it'd be edifying. What comes out of our mouth is important. It's, it's showing up what's in our heart. If you go down to verse 12, it says, Even so, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. That's the purpose. That's why we meet together, to edify one another. Edification of the church, the building up of the church, the encouragement in spiritual matters in the church, and the understanding of God's wonderful truth to us. Oh, there's a few... You know, and reading magazines, and that was a blessing I come across just this week. I think it was in a creation magazine. And it was talking about the space between electrons and that and the nucleus, the protons and neutrons. The space there is enormous. In, in, in terms, it's like the sun and, I think, Pluto. In, if it was, they'd blown up to that size. But they said, in, in, in all that, in the summary, they come to that you and I... No, I can't push my finger through that. When we get a new body, if it's like the Lord Jesus, he appeared in the room with the door being closed. He went through matter. So that won't matter then. <laughs> but they said that our bodies are made up of 99.989% space. And I thought that gives new meaning to airhead. <laughs> You know, just <laughs> truths like that that they've discovered from studying scientists. We, we see it as solid, and the solidness of it is because of the electrons are spinning so fast that it feels, you know, hard or harder. And if they're heavier and harder, or not necessarily harder, like lead and gold, which are heavy, they're closer. <laughs> just not so, so much space. And that's why x-rays work. You know, all these things... So, this edify, I've done, edifies me, encourages me, that God made us like this. God did this for us and set us in motion. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
You can think of verses like that. <clears throat> I pray that it does you when you're encouraged to see that even the scientists can give us instruction because we look at it from the world, the world view of godliness from the scriptures. Anyway, back to here. How are we edifying one another? Enlightening words. <clears throat> Psalm, well, Ephesians 1.18, we're right there. Ephesians 1.18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And, th- and those sort of things I was just talking about. Reading, exhortation, edification, enlightening. Wow, I didn't know that. And that was a, a blessing, and it was a, a bit of an enlightening word. I shared it. I think we talked about it at the, past, at the men's prayer time the other night, the other morning about the helmet of salvation. What is it? And we went in there. I think we already mentioned that, but um, it's the hope of eternal life. It's the hope of the Lord coming again. When you add the put all scripture and compare them together, it's from First Thessalonians five. I think it was verse eight that Bernie found there. But um, <clears throat> enlightening words, and you know, we, we always can learn something new, can't we? <laughs> um, encouraging words. Um, Deuteronomy. We'll go that one. Deuteronomy. Old Testament. Chapter 3. And verse 27. Here, Moses is talking of Joshua, and he, well, the Lord's talking through Moses. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah, and lift up thine eyes westward, and northward, and southward, and eastward, and behold, behold it with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over this Jordan, said the Lord to, to Moses. But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go before this people and he shall cause him to inherit the land which thou shalt see and so here they were encouraging words Joshua had a mammoth task ahead of him (laughs) he knew it 40 years ago he'd been in that land 40 years ago he saw the giants 40 years ago he saw the walled cities (laughs) he knew what he was in for and the battle ahead, and all these, uh, the ragtag army, <laughs> all these two million people plus, and all our animals as well, and the, and the tabernacle as well. It was all coming in, and it had to get over there into that land, and we had to battle, and so he was encouraging him. This is something. We can encourage one another in the faith, can't we? Edify one another. Um, <clears throat> What's that one in Hebrews? It talks us, it tells us that we to provoke one another to love and to good works, enriching words, enabling words, ennobling words, enlivening words, enchanting words. That's uh, be careful on that one. <laughs> but um, words that you know, some people can make, can put a speech or a story together, and you're you you're glued <laughs> to to them as they tell the story, and um, add the bit add the bits to it. Mrs. Lawrence. John knows Mrs. Lawrence and uh, she could tell a story and I've taught, referred to her before I've heard her tell a stu- few stories I went and helped out at a, at a what are, one of those things over the holiday you have for children daily vacation, Bible school that's right and she was doing the story 
and she was a teacher, very strict teacher in school. So her husband was a principal, and she had a bun. She just lived up at Jimbrook. She was raised at Jimbrook, just up the road from us. But she was, she'd teach Sunday school children, and that, and she'd just completely change. Like she wasn't scared of climbing the piano and everything she did like that to express to the children the story and that enlightening it was really enlightening to <laughs> learn about her but about what she was teaching and encouraging the children in and um, a real blessing to them demeaning God's people and fellow saints if we speak like Peter spoke I'll read this to you. One wonders if some of the parents who weep over erring sons and daughters sowed seeds of disinterest in godliness at the family table. Perhaps the conversation at dinner consisted of gossip and criticism of the fellowship, criticism of the leaders, the decisions and spiritual temperature of the church, a constant diet of dissecting the message, depreciating the messenger and constantly undermining what is sacred and spiritual, cannot fail but to leave its mark. Let us determine before God that henceforth we will not allow any corrupting comments in our homes. Rather, let us direct our conversation toward positive words. I think there's some very wise, accurate, concise words there. <clears throat> What's going up on your Facebook? What's going up on your Twitter? I don't even know how to do them. What's the other ones? Instagram. Instagram. What's going up on your Instagram? <laughs> Talking this afternoon to somebody that knows a young person. And what was going up? They read it to me. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that they put that on public, for public display. It's almost like I could say here, okay, I'm going to name the person, I'm going to tell you what they said. Because that's what they've done. If you get in there and, what do you call it, snooping or... Rat around surfing, is it? <laughs> you can get into that and that and that and that. And it doesn't matter how private you try to make it, but you can get in there. You know, I've tried it once. <laughs> See? when we had access to it for a couple of months. And the things that people say, they'd never say it to your face, they'd never say it in public, but they put it up on a public thing like that, then anyone can look at it anyway. They wouldn't stand up in front of the church. This is bad language. This is what this, this verse is speaking about. You know, we've got it a lot worse today than any day, haven't we, when corrupt communication is coming out of their mouth, but it's in the form of typing it up onto that. We need to be very careful about that sort of thing. What's communicated? It's, it's really causing problems everywhere. Problems in families. Let's look at some of the words of the wise man Solomon of in the book of Proverbs. <clears throat> hey, in, in case you're worried... If you're on Facebook, there wasn't you, anyone here. <laughs> so you're right. <laughs> Proverbs 
I see that stress look go right off your foreheads. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It should be said. Stop, stop before you kill yourself. <laughs> Murder your character, own character in front of other people. It's just... I don't, I don't know why people don't think of it. <clears throat> Chapter 6 and verse 19. We have this... A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Speaking lies. That's words, that's communications, isn't it? Uh, and sowing discord, that's with the words among the brethren. You know, being around in ministry for a while now, it's, uh, there's some people that bait you. You know what that means? They ask leading things to get you to respond so that then they can use those words. It was, it was within the week I said to someone, I'm not going to talk to them again. You pastor not going to talk to them again? No, because they keep on using and twisting the words. That was not the intent of what I said. And you just get used, and then it comes back. It comes can come back via Facebook or whatever. No, I didn't. But that's what comes back. You know, you, <laughs> it's, it gets you upset because it's not my intent. It wasn't my heart's motive at the time at all. That wasn't that wasn't the conversation was not centered around that. You know, <clears throat> and it can cause discord. As it says here, another one, chapter 10 and verse 18, just over the page a bit, 10 and 18. Mark these off, mine are all in blue. Um, <clears throat> he that hideth hatred has lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Just today I went through Proverbs and put in coloured in lips, <laughs> and a lot of them in, in Proverbs. Even in this chapter, look in verse 19. Cain in verse 21. Back in verse 13 of chapter 10. 32. They've all got the word lips. It's talking about talking. It's talking about our conversation. It's talking about what we say. And here, <clears throat> he that uttereth slander is a fool. Talebearers. Chapter 11 and verse 13. Just over the page. A talebearer revealeth secrets. But he that is faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Um, where there's no tail bearer, the strife goes out. Chapter 16, verse 28. Uh, a, let's see. Where are we? A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. It's froward. A froward man, a forward. A whisperer, a whisperer. <laughs> don't want others to hear so they whisper it but it goes out anyway the chip separateth chief friends this is the bible chapter 17 verse 9 17 and verse 9 reads he that covereth a transgression seeketh love but he that repeateth the matter separateth friends separateth friends and we don't want to be accused of that when we get to heaven do we chapter 20 and verse 19 it reads there he that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth 
secrets. Therefore meddle, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. And chapter 26, and I've underlined this one, so just look at it. And this is a few verses together. And verse 20 to 22. Where, it, where no wood is, <laughs> sounds like my fire a few times today, the fire goeth out. <laughs> so where there is no tail bearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals, and wood, and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are like wounds. They go down into the innermost parts. <clears throat> so there are a few of them. And just go over to Ecclesiastics chapter 7 and verse 21. <clears throat> I was trying to find this one. I couldn't remember a word that was in it. And I found it with different means. <laughs> and it says, also take... No heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. And the next verse says, For oft times also thine own heart knoweth that, thy, that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. It's going to happen, he said. It's going to happen. And don't take heed and heart and hurt and stay awake all night when you hear all the words that are spoken, lest you hear your servant curse thee. For oftentimes you've done that too. That's what he said in the next verse. So see the words that, are, that came, come out. And where, and we haven't got time, but where... Would we go to conclude it? If you wanted to conclude something like this about talking, about lips, about speaking, about tail-bearing, about whispering, where would one portion in the New Testament be that would say, this wraps it up? James. James. <laughs> and we went there last time we looked at that. And, and James in speaking, in talking about the tongue. This is what Proverbs says, 29.11, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it till afterward. Ecclesiastics 5.2, let thy words be few. Proverbs 10.19 In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, or lacketh not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Careful what to say. Matthew 6.7 They, the religious people, think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. <laughs> not necessarily. You know what happens when somebody... Goes on and 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 on. on. <laughs> what happens, brother Doug? You're shaking your head. You go to sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you go to sleep. You turn off. <laughs> and that that's true. So, uh, should I stop now? <laughs> you go on and on and on and on. <laughs> Up here. <clears throat> but Proverbs 18:13. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it is. It's folly and a shame to him. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 106.33 Moses was provoked so that he spoke unadvisedly with his lips. Psalm 141.3 Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. Proverbs 10.13 In the lips of him that hath understanding wisdom is found. And Pro Proverbs 13.3 He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. I think there's some good words there from old Solomon just 
shut up. <laughs> That's, you know, in our vernacular. Now, that was a bad word, wasn't it? That's one of those, <laughs> especially from the pulpit. Isn't that right, Larry? <laughs> he's keeping his, he's keeping his lips zipped. <laughs>